Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucet, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette, and as we do every week, we're joined by a brand new guest talking about their life and their journey throughout the world of martial arts. My guest today is based out of Toronto, Canada, and has studied martial arts for over 40 years. He has black belts in several systems and has cross-trained in numerous others. He teaches private lessons to small groups and also local and international seminars. He's also a blogger and a podcaster. Outside of martial arts, he's a husband, father, and former software developer, and currently an elementary school teacher. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Hansen. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate that. I'm doing great. No, I appreciate your time. I'm glad we could do this. So what we do with all my guests, I want to go back to the beginning. I want to know where that first spark came from, that first interest. What led to your first interest in martial arts? Oh, that's great. Uh, I, I've been asked this many times, so it's, it's fresh in my mind. And it's also, the answer is a, a very deep and meaningful one too, but I'll keep it short. Uh, oh, no, take as, much uh, basically... take as much time as you want. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'll stretch it out. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I uh, I started uh, when I was ten years old. I grew up. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna be 54 this year. I started when I was 10. I've been training more or less pretty much every year, give or take a couple of years. There were a couple of times in my life where I had to uh, had to stop for personal reasons and things. And but uh, I started when I was 10 out of necessity. Uh, I had no choice. Uh, I grew up in a in a small town in in Toronto here, uh, Scarborough. It's called and. Um, in the late 60s, early 70s, it was a very uh, racially tense time. I was in a school where I was the only uh, Asian kid and, uh, you know, the rest was, w w they, were, they were all white and uh, th there was a lot of prejudice against difference and things like that. Just basically a lack of understanding of each other. And yeah, so I was bullied a lot, um, you know, everything from name calling to getting beaten up to uh, people taking my lunch and all these kind of things. And, uh, you know, a very typical kind of story, but uh my uh, dad basically told me, he says, uh, look, you got two choices. You're going to do hockey or you're going to do uh, martial arts. I, I need you to do an activity that's going to make you stronger and tougher and all this kind of stuff. And I said, well, dad, I don't want to do hockey because all the kids that all the kids uh, that bully me are in the hockey league. So I don't want to go there. I'll, I'll do karate, I guess. So, yeah, he put me in a community center program for a 20 week program uh, in, in our city here in, in Scarborough. Um, and I did that for... For a while and, and i loved it the moment i joined there i was among a student body of you know different shapes different sizes different races different creeds uh different genders you name it i felt at home and then after that program i felt really sad because it was done and luckily the uh the head instructor of that community center program he said um look uh obviously you're really interested in this thing but i, I don't i teach the same program over and over again he goes but what you can do is go to my my parents' school. So I, I started off uh, 
uh, that's when my journey really started. So when I left that 20-week uh, program, I joined a, uh, a school here called Wong's Karate, and I fell in love with the art, man. There was, um, it was a place, a home. We got humbled every day. The training was really hard. It was a, it was a mix of Matsubayashi Ru, uh, Shoren Ru, um, oh, nice. and uh, uh, Chinese Gung Fu. And so I did that for about 14 years. And I wanted to, like, in, in that time, I, I socialized with different people. And back in the day when we were training, uh, you know, there, there wasn't the internet uh, back then. And uh, we, we would just kind of want to, out of curiosity, we wanted to test things out. So, like, in the, in the change rooms, uh, we'd be exchanging phone numbers and saying, hey, man, do you want to... You want to hang out at my place on the weekend? Uh, we've got boxing gloves and and gear, um, <laughs> headgear and mouth guards, and and um, I have a buddy who's done boxing, and I've done a buddy who's done wrestling. Do you want to just mix it up? And I was going, oh man, like I almost felt guilty with this question. I was going, <laughs> I don't know, man. And we're whispering and stuff, and you know, and and, and it was funny, man. So uh, yeah, so that that's that was the way we communicated. So. You know, I picked up the phone, asked asked my parents permission if I can go and hang out with these guys and this and that, and and then that's the cr- the cross training journey began. You know, and um, I after 14 years, I started to meet different people, and uh, I met this one guy who uh, basically uh, said, "Listen, um, in our school, we strike and grapple, and we do uh, weapons defenses. Uh, do you want to check it out?" And so I checked it out, and. Uh, have you heard of a teacher by the name of Ed Parker? Oh, yes. You know who he is? Yep. I actually interviewed Ed Parker Jr. on my show. Yes, that's right. You told me. <laughs> yep. You told me. So so Ed Parker, he's like a behemoth in the martial art world. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, his legacy still continues. Uh, but anyway, uh, my one of my Canadian teachers, my Kempo instructor, trained and got certified under Ed. Uh, he, he would fly out to Pasadena and do all kinds of seminars and classes and stuff. And wow. uh, Ed fell in love with this guy, you know, and Ed says, uh, my, my teacher, his name was Vic Arnold. And he says, listen, uh, you've done enough classes with me. And he says, uh, I'm going to put you through a certification test. And so he became a, a certified uh, Kempo instructor and he got the certificate to teach Kempo here in Canada. So I, I met him and he, he was an interesting character. He he blended uh, his form of Kempo called Dainisi Kempo with uh, Remy Presas's um, Arnis. He blended in Chinese Gung Fu, wow. Shotokan, Gojuru, and pretty much he was just a lifelong learner. So any kind of seminar or something he would study and cross-train with some some of his senior students that he kind of discovered, he would just kind of infiltrate that into our curriculum. And so we had a free reign to all kinds of ranges of combat, which was really cool. And then the guys that were in that group, some of them were law enforcement officers and they became some of my best friends. Um, one of which is my, is one of my students now. Oh, nice. Um, so it, it's really cool, man. You know, the, the, the martial art um, journey has been uh, quite amazing, you know, and um, I'm very humbled, you know, and like, I, I think it's so important to, experience some experience like a, a dojo setting or or just even just you know a constant uh a constant mentor but then it's it's also important i think to uh mix things up from various sources so definitely so going back to that that first school that where you spent 14 years now did you get into competition at all when you were there no i didn't i so that's uh yes and no uh so okay. we had uh let's see uh they my my sensei trained a, a group of of kids and adults and youth in uh international competition so for for the canadian nationals and so he he had a, a canadian karate team 
I was, uh, I, I tried out for it and I ended up like training, training on that team. But, uh, my dad, uh, you know, he was scared for me, so he didn't want me to get hurt. So he, uh, <laughs> he said, nah, you're not doing it. And also he didn't want to afford the administration fees. So he said, uh, no, you you can just train with these guys and that's good enough. You know? Okay. Um, so I, I, I hated him, but I also, uh, loved him for the same time because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now, you know. And exactly. But uh, but I miss I miss I miss that competition thing. I've always I always felt ripped off that I never did it. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in my twenties, uh, thirties, and and even now, I I always look for opportunities where I can, uh, you know, uh, spar full contact and um, you know, keep things real. Okay, yeah. nice. Now, how about the teaching? Did, when did that start for you? Did that start back then or did that come later? Academic teaching or martial, no, arts, martial teaching? arts teaching? Uh, martial arts teaching. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, I always had a, a, how could I say, a, a, an aptitude for helping others and teaching. So like, even when I was like a blue belt, um, in my club, my, my, my teacher would give me opportunities, um, to, you know, take small groups and, uh, when I became a senior belt, you know, he gave me opportunities to lead the class and teach class. And, and so I, I, I did that, uh, I'd say from say 15, uh, you know, just leading small groups to like about in my twenties where, where I was taking classes, but that was just like being an assistant instructor in the club. But then I started actual teaching martial arts, uh, in my, in my thirties, you know, when I, when I, I started taking on uh, private students, um, and then we did like local seminars and then, uh, yeah, man. And then, um, I don't know, uh, I don't know if you heard of these guys, uh, they're called, uh, the karate culture group. Have you heard of them? I haven't. No. Okay. So the karate culture guys, uh, they're, they're based in that they're, it's spearheaded by, uh, Mike Wynn and Aaron, uh, Aaron Garcia. And, uh, these two guys, uh, they formed karate unity, I think way back in 2016. 17 2018 and they're a dynamic uh group of guys um i think their base is in shorinu karate but they trained uh their instructor was a how could i say a very open-minded uh individual you know trained in law enforcement and this and that uh, law enforcement and and stuff and so like they did a lot of practical bunkai they just exploded on on youtube they had a, a, a lots of viral videos um, and so, yeah, the practical karate world knows these guys. And so, you know, I, uh, uh, I, I love traveling and, and reaching out to people. So I, I just sent them a message one day and I said, listen, I love your stuff. Can I come visit you? And so Mike said to me, he says, uh, why don't you come and stay with us? You can train with us and this and that. And so I said, oh my God, that's great. Right. So, mm. yeah. So I went over there and, uh, since then, you know, they, they kind of got to know me and they said, listen, you should be putting out content because you, you, uh, you're very good at this kind of stuff. So, and, and you deliver the, the material very holistically and stuff like that. And they go, look, I'll help you s- start a channel. Uh, wh- why don't you call it? And then we're brainstorming names and this and that. And I said, how about karate? You, like, I like what you're doing, karate culture, but I don't want it to be a knockoff of what you guys are doing. So, and then they said, listen, you love cross training and this and that. So why don't you call it karate unity, which, which is kind of like an amalgamation of different styles into your karate mix. Right. And, and, uh, so yeah, <laughs> 2018, I, I launched, uh, uh, karate unity on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And then, uh, yeah, ever since then, man, it's been a, it's been a curve. I just recently, I, I mean, it's nothing to brag about, but I just reached the 2000, uh, subscriber mark, which is, which nice. is nice, you know, considering 
you know, that short period of time. So, oh, that's really cool. So then, what you thinking? Yeah. Thinking back to like when you were a blue belt, then until now, what do you think's changed most about your teaching style? Oh, yeah. Um, great question. Because I'm an educator academically, I changed the uh, how could I say my pedagogy. So. Uh, it's it's very intentional. So when I teach, it's intentional and it's differentiated based on the learner. You know, like I, I've learned enough to pick up on aptitudes and body mechanics and movements and stuff. And so I'm very sensitive to that as opposed to, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a cookie cutter and I don't mean that in a bad way, in a, ver- a very mechanical, one size fits all type of uh, uh, teaching style where everybody gets the same curriculum. We all have to carbon copy it and you know, the only free expression is in sparring, which, which of course, even back then, the sparring was very limited, you know, like we, uh, you know, UFC wasn't a thing back then. So like, we would just kind of just, it was all stand up, you know, we would do like, if we were to grapple, it would just be stand up grappling. And if, if any, if you want to call it that, and, mm-hmm. um, and then back to, back to striking again. But, uh, so I, I'm going off on a tangent here. Basically what I'm trying to say is the way I teach now is, I cater my teaching to the students' needs uh, in a nutshell. And I also got a lot of, how can I say, reinforcement from that method from Sensei Vic. Because, um, like, I give you an example. Like, Vic, uh, you know, most, I wouldn't say most, uh, a lot of traditional karate that I've experienced, you know, you've got a a set curriculum where you're learning your kihons and this and that and uh, all your basic mechanics. And then you've got a... Uh, you know, a, a buffet of, of kata that you got to learn, right? Which, which like is usually about, you know, 15 to 20 kata mm-hmm. uh, on average, right? And, and that's a lot of stuff, right? And uh, everybody's expected to do the kata the same way and this and that. And, and you don't really do anything with it. You just kind of memorize it and just try to do it as best as you can with expression and form and, 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 and ferocity and all this kind of stuff. And that's it. There's really nothing much after that. But uh, my sensei, uh, my sensei after Vic, for example, he would teach us kata, but he would teach us different kata for different people, which I found really cool because, mm-hmm. and he would change up the kata to your needs, right? So, and he even, he even told me, he says, listen, when you're going to get students of your own, he goes, you don't need kata. He goes, what's important is you need the ideas behind the kata. So he says, if you feel based on your student need that they, they're not a kind of student that's that's going to memor like that's good at memorizing certain things just show them the practical application and work backwards you know and tailor make the kata to uh the student or even tailor make the application to the student right so right. all of these things influenced the way i teach and and now it's it's also influenced the way that i teach my academic uh class as well like it's very go with the flow mm-hmm. uh, improvisational you know and also sticking to a set foundational set of uh curriculum so have you yeah. ever through your um you know teaching within the school systems have you ever tried to get like a martial arts club in one of the schools you taught at yeah uh <laughs> these are great questions um yes uh when i when i worked in uh, uh one of the school boards actually the school board that i'm in right now i'd say about uh back in 20 actually no 2007 okay. 2007 way back in 2007 I made a proposal to my my uh, my school, um, and I said, "Listen, uh, I'd like to introduce martial arts into our health and physical curriculum. You know, can can I do that?" And so I had to, you know, put a proposal together and mm-hmm. and and you know, uh, put it to my principal. And like, you know, at the time, you know, the biggest problem with doing that kind of stuff is 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 liability, right? So yep. 
you know, it, it, as long as I can show them that, you know, there's a safety plan integrated, kids are not going to get hurt. And as long as I can show them that I can tie this into character building, which is, you know, a very big thing on our school board, then I'm fine. And this was an easy thing for me to do because this is what martial arts is all about, right? Right. Um, but unfortunately, I couldn't show them, uh, couldn't show them all the... The, the self-defense application. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of patterns and, and you, know, air, you know, shadow boxing kind of thing and uh, just air karate <laughs> with minimal contact. But yep. the point is I, I started that in 2007 and it just grew since then and to the point where uh, depending on the school that I get hired in, because like I, I don't stay at one school, I, I move around. I like to move around mm-hmm. every five or six years. And uh, there was one school, it was quite cool. They... They actually mustered up some budget for me and got me a whole set of equipment. So I got, I had hand pads, I got shins, I got wow. uh, punch bags, uh, focus mitts, and all of that, man. So I, I, uh, I uh, started, uh, yeah, I started the club uh, building, building uh, up from uh, having the, all this equipment um, at the school. So it was nice. That, yeah. So what, what ages in the schools were you teaching this in? Yeah, so I'm in elementary school. So um, we, uh, our school goes from kindergarten all the way to grade eight. So we're talking like uh, age five to 14. Okay. Um, but, but I had to, I, in, from 2007 onwards to about maybe 2014, I, I taught like say uh, kindergarten all the way up to like grade four, five. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as I moved on, um, I taught the older kids. So yeah, okay. up to, up to age 14. So do you yeah. know, have, did any of them stick with it after you left and keep going in martial arts? Have you kept track of any of them? Yes. Not, not a lot of them, okay. but, uh, a few of them. Um, and so what's cool is like, I get, I get emails, uh, uh you know, and phone calls from parents saying, uh, you know, my, my, my son and daughter really liked it. Can you, have any recommendations and things like that, but uh, I, I'd love to take them on as students, but it's a conflict of interest, so I can't mm-hmm. I can't teach them whilst they're at the school still. Right. But um, I I recommend them to all my colleagues and uh, you know my my uh, fellow instructors and stuff, and then I usually uh, meet up with them uh, once they leave the school system. Very. That's, <laughs> uh, that's cool. You know, some of them stick with it, and some of them stay with the clubs, and some of them don't. But that's uh, good. Though. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's what happens. I know many people have tried that and been unsuccessful. So I'm great. You're able to make it work. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It, like I said, it, there's not a, there's not a hundred percent conversion, but, uh, I mean, I'd say uh, out of everybody I teach, let's say on an average about maybe mm, five to 10% continue on. <laughs> that's, pr- that's pretty good. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, just the fact that you got it into the school system is great because I know that how difficult that can be. So because I've tried that myself without success. So I'm glad you're able to do that also. <laughs> That's great. Well, I, the thing is, you see, it's, it's an easy sell because uh, it's I'm not really creating another subject. I'm actually it's a subject that's there. It's just that the way I'm teaching the subject is different. So right. I, I it, like a lot of gym teachers, you know, without a martial art background, they would just teach you know, the health and physical education curriculum, but, um, you know, without any martial arts, right. But, uh, I, I, I'm covering all the expectations, but just doing it with martial arts. So yeah. So yeah, I'm lucky. (laughs) No, that's good. So then with with all the blend you've done with your style. So if someone asks you, what is your style? What's your answer? That's a tough question, man. (laughs) Because I, like, I, I, I I giggle every single time when someone asks me this and I get, oh, I, I, it's a long one. Like I, I've kind of got it down to the part where I just say, I, I, uh, I'm a mixed, mixed martial art guy. Okay. Yeah. I just, and they say, oh, you mean like UFC? And I go on, (laughs) well, kind of, 
and then and then then they uh, some just stop as stop at oh, okay uh, or some will say oh you uh, uh, so what do you do taekwondo <laughs> right and <laughs> yep. uh, and 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 I you know and I go uh, well that's part of it yeah that's part of it and and I go I'm a karate guy and I go oh so you like and and uh, like they have this it's funny like people have a uh, how can I say a stereotype view yeah, of like, like karate a pre- like, like a preconceived notion or something like that or, yeah, yeah like yeah. and it, I don't blame them because I was there before mm-hmm. I mean before I if I didn't do it I wouldn't know it right and yep. you know they have this preconceived notion of karate as being like a kids daycare or like a <laughs> you know whole bunch of Dungeons and Dragons geeks or George Lucas <laughs> wannabes or <laughs> like, like, you yeah. know, like they have a very negative view of karate guys and it's funny like a quick uh, i'll tell you a quick story like okay. a, a funny one um so uh here here out of out of my gym here um i i have a so i have a home base uh, my home base is my is my house uh, i have a basement dojo it's fully stocked i've got mma mats uh wing chun dummy bags uh uh weight training equipment and mirrors and the whole bit right nice um and so in in this in this uh, facility here, I I this is where all my cross training happens. My privates happen, and you know it, it's a revolving door. Like instructors come in and out. Like we were talking unofficially offline today. Mm-hmm. I had two instructors today. Uh, one of them is uh, one of my senior belts, um, uh, and um, he's uh, cross trained in my system, but he's a judoka. I think uh, black brown belt or black belt in judo, and first or second dan in aikido. He trained in Japan with uh, Steven Seagal's group nice. over there. And uh, uh, yeah, he does a lot of defensive tactical stuff. And anyway, so I have all these people coming in and out. There was one guy, uh, one guy that, that I, I, I came across and he's a Muay Thai instructor. And he goes, hey, man, he goes, I, I, I got a referral to train with you. I heard you're, 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 you're a mixed guy. And he goes, do you mind if I, you know, we, we get together and train? I go, yeah, come on, come on down to my dojo. So he came down and uh, we're touching hands and stuff. And he goes, you're not a karate guy, man, right? <laughs> and he goes, you can, you can actually box, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I'm going, he, he's go, and I'm just laughing, and he goes, bro, I'm, I'm not going to lie. He goes, I, I would never even give you the time of day if I, he goes, first of all, he goes, I, I had to ask about you first because I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I heard that you're a karate guy, I go, I don't want to train with a karate guy. And, 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 and uh, he goes, because you know, I'm not going to – he goes, you guys can't fight, man. That's what he said, right? <laughs> and, he go, wow. and he goes, he goes but you're, you're a different breed. He goes, I, he goes, I can't pinpoint what you do. He goes, but you definitely have a knowledge of, of a lot of different systems. Right. And uh, and he goes, that's cool. And I go, yeah, I, 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 I wanted you down. Uh, his name was Jacob. I go, because I wanted to clean up my my Muay Thai, my inside uh, fighting. Right. And so you, you see what I'm saying? So this is the kind of uh, the reason why I brought this up is, is to your point. You know, people have preconceived notions, right? And it's oh, yeah. sad. <laughs> oh, I mean, like me, I, I, I'm, you know, maybe not quite as many styles. I've, I've cross-trained in many styles over the years. My, my core system is traditional Taekwondo. Uh, and nice. a lot of people have preconceived notions of Taekwondo because they, they see the Olympics and that's what they think. They think it's the hands hanging out the side. All you do is kick, don't know how to punch. And then they come training with me and you're like, man, you, you actually punch? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, you know, Taekwondo is technically supposed to be 50% feet, 50% hands. Yeah, that's the truth. Way. Exactly. That's the traditional yep. way. And a lot of people don't get that. It's like the, the sport Taekwondo, unfortunately, kind of gives the traditional stuff a bad name. So it's, it's you know, I, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. So <laughs> No, but but to, to the point of, of Taekwondo, like I have mad respect for Taekwondo people. It, like, it, and I'm not just saying this 
uh, you know, just to be polite here, like I, I really do. I have mad respect for all arts. You know why? Because look, man, um, in about 30 plus years, I have met OGs in the game. People that, uh, people that can kick my ass with their feet, mm-hmm. like ta- Taekwondo at a very high level. These guys can box with their hand or with their feet. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. And it's not just that I- I've met, that's the sports side, but th- I've met some hardcore Taekwondo guys recently. I just came back from a, a seminar in Germany, which, which uh, I just wanted to say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud, I'm proud, proud of the fact that, uh, and also humble that people are actually, uh, you know, it, inviting me to their countries to teach there and stuff. So I just came back from Germany in March and I met like, I taught a, I taught, I think in total like a hundred and a uh, hundred and uh, almost 125 students wow. over, over a few days. It, it was a nice, um, it was a nice experience. And uh, one of the groups that I, that I uh, taught, one of them was a, a high level Taekwondo black belt, but uh, his expression of Taekwondo and the way he was taught Taekwondo was a very dirty style of Taekwondo. So it was the kicks weren't high. It was very low. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was it was a lot of hand traps and, and quick quick in and outs. Very dirty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, yeah. yep. I I was looking at that. And I was going, that's not Taekwondo. And he goes, yeah, it is. He goes, that's the way I, I was taught it. And he mm. and he goes, this is the way it was. It was like for a lot of arts, right? Yep. So yeah. yeah. See, I'm lucky. Uh, my so my instructor is an eighth degree. His instructor is a tenth degree. And and his instructor, Grandmaster Mu Young Yun, was, was with the Tiger Rocks in the Korean War. So his a lot of that stuff that they used in, in combat is what we you know use in our traditional system. We we started adding in ground fighting into Taekwondo in the early nineties. I think we were the first school in our area to add in ground fighting when no one else was doing it. You know, before the UFC came out and stuff. So which is cool. That's good, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a it's a lot of fun. So now when you like your students that have been with you in training for a long time, so do you do you promote them in one of the styles you have belts in, or do you how does that work with your students? Yeah. So in in our curriculum, I promote them within my uh, like under the karate unity umbrella. Okay. And I would uh, put it under in in. Karate Unity is like our is is the name of our our social media, uh, I guess you could say presence. Yep. But uh, it's also like a you could say a methodology. But uh, because because a lot of the core principles came from uh, you know that that I've identified with came from Kempo. Uh, I would uh, like for example give an example. One of my recent black belts that that are just he's he's going up the ranks. Um, he's brown brown right now. And he, I'm testing him for uh, Shodan in December, and so he will he will get a certificate under the Dainisi Kempo, uh, I guess you can say school. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, or system. But the the thing is, uh, my my teacher uh, Vic, uh, he's passed now, but uh, he basically you know said um, that you know I've got free reign to uh, you know if I'm going to be uh, certifying people you can call it whatever you want and, and basically take reign of the curriculum because it's yours now. He says, you, you do what you want with it. Right. But, uh, you know, I, it's a respect thing. I mean, I treated the guy like my father, so I, I'm going to pay, you know, homage to that by putting Dainisi Kempo on the certificate, but along with karate unity as well, you know? Okay. What is the, which student or not, you don't have to give a name, but I mean, what is the longest reigning student you have with you? Like how long have they been training with you? Uh, that would be one of the guys that came today. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, Mark Borsboom. Uh, oh my God. I've known him <laughs> since high school, since 80, 81, 82. Wow. Okay. Um, but I haven't, we, we, tr- we started training officially. I'd say, let's see, 
uh, at the end of high school. So okay. around grade 12, grade 13. Okay. And then, yeah, him and I, we've been, yeah, he's been my student since. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. So what type of content can people uh, you know, see if they would search out? I'll, I'll, I'll put links for all your stuff on the show notes, but what kind of content can people find like on your YouTube channel and stuff? Yeah, so my, my content focuses on cross-training and other arts and combat sports to make your base art better. So in my case, it's karate. So I'm basically showcasing how different martial arts and combat sports, the biomechanical principles behind all of that can be tied into Kihon Mata. Uh, to give you better options and to, you know, uh, give you better ideas for bunkai and self-defense, right? So, like, I've got some, like, one, one, of, one of my, it's funny, when I came back from, from Germany, w- one of the biggest viewed videos, uh, like, in, in two days, I got, like, almost nine, over 9,000 views. I mean, for me, that's big. For others, I mean, that's nothing. But uh, uh, I just found that kind of strange because, and also humbling because uh, it's a very short period of time for me. But uh, in that particular video, it, it was a uh, a video focusing on uh, Pinan uh, Pinan Yondan, which is one of our katas, and I was uh, showcasing how you can how you can uh, use the double shuto uke, uh, which is the knife hand block, but basically use it as as a as a tactical dive against a uh, a haymaker punch. You know, so and I got that from cross training in Krav Maga and my police defensive tactic instructor friends. Um, they were saying, you know, one of one of the quickest ways to stuff a punch, an aggressive punch coming at you, is just to to stuff it by just getting small, shrimping up, and just kind of putting both your hands, inserting, you know, one one into the bicep and one into the into the collar collarbone or neck or whatever, and just go from options from there, you know, like overhook, underhook, strikes or whatever, you know. And so I kind of tied that kind of application to kata movements and karate. And karate guys love that stuff, man. When you when you show them applications and how you tie it into uh, a kata or a kihon, they, they go crazy. <laughs> Definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I said, I'll, yeah, I'll, so. I'll, put, I'll put links for all that because I, I, I love yeah. the cross-training. Facebook, and I, and I... Instagram, and YouTube is, is at Karate Unity. The handle is where... You could find me. Nice, yeah. nice. So what type of advice would you give someone looking to get into martial arts for the first time? They've never done it before, and they just want to know what, what should they look for and what should they avoid? Basically, uh, I had an interesting conversation with one of, one of uh, my tactical instructors today, and, and uh, he, like, I'm just going to, because it's fresh in my mind, I would basically advise, you know, finding an instructor is like a bond. It's a relationship, a rapport that you have with a parent or with a good friend or whatever. You just know it, you know, like you, 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 so you, you need to find an instructor that you get along with, you know, and, and, and that inspires you, that gives you that spark that, uh, calls you out on your mistakes, that guides you, that, that, uh, takes care of your needs, you know, psychologically, emotionally, emotionally, and physically. So that, that happens, you know, you, you can't, that's something that just happens systemically, you know, based on, mm-hmm. on the interview when you meet this person. Um, but, but secondly, you know, to, to pick a martial art instructor or a school or a system, whatever, you kind of got to know what you're looking for, you know, like um, based on your uh, physical strengths and, 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 and uh, limitations and, you know, just, just your, your psyche, you know, like you got to know who you are. And if you, if you don't, then you just have to just kind of test, you know, try out, try out the, the trial classes. Most schools, you know, have trial classes out there and go and try it out and just, kind of go with a friend maybe and and uh you know because your friend's gonna know you better <laughs> right and, and kind of right. see things from a third person point of view and you know between between that and just your gut feel you you, you will make the choice nice so i'm assuming then since you do pretty much mostly private stuff and small stuff 
Did the COVID and the pandemic have any effect on you at all? Or were you able to just keep going like normal? Other than, yeah, the, other it, than it, the traveling, it, it did. Probably. It did. I, I, it stopped like, uh, there was a lot of fear. You know, our family was scared. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a, I have a wife and a, and a daughter and, uh, you know, we didn't, you know, we, like our, our gym here is like a revolving door of people. And, um, oh, you know, I since suppose. COVID hit, uh, we, we, you know, that stopped for a while. And, but then, you know, my, my sanity was going, I was going crazy, not training. <laughs> and, uh, so I, you know, I made some calculated decisions and trade with, uh, trained with, uh, selective cohorts, mm-hmm. you know, and okay. yeah. And then, then, uh, the wave kind of, kind of settled for a bit. And right now in Toronto, I mean, they're saying that there's going to be another wave of this new variant, but, uh, I don't, I don't really see it yet. So fingers crossed. It's full rain boogie <laughs> here, man. People are coming in and out. We're back to normal. There you go. That's good. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, what are your thoughts then on MMA and the UFC? And are you a fan? hundred percent. Love yeah. it. Nice. Uh, yeah. So then I'm a fan. Are you more of a yeah. fan of old school UFC from the nineties or the newer stuff? I like both, man. Yeah. Um, I, I like both. Like I, I, I was wowed by the fact, you know, UFC one, two, and three. I think you know jarred the friggin' world, man. Like we, <laughs> like people, for for once, and thank goodness, you know, Gracie, yep. Gracie shocked the world, you know, saying that hey, you know, we could we can do this. We yep. can deal with bigger guys, and uh, it's just a matter of being creative and using the tools that you got and in a in a creative way. And like you know, cro- the whole cross training thing, I think came like came from the UFC, man. You know, like mind you, people, I think it was well marketed. Yeah, uh, you know, I think the Gracies did a great job marketing the UFC, and so because of that, and also just the reality of of having different styles pitted up against each other, seeing what's effective and stuff. I mean, who the hell would have the balls to do that kind of stuff? You know, like that that was <laughs> great, you know. And and so, but then now, you know, you have strategic. Well, like right now, the UFC fighters now are like are like Bergattis. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They're like they're like Lamborghini cars, man. They're well tuned, oiled machines. Uh, you know, sports science has developed to the point where, you know, uh, fight kinesiology is, is, is a thing. And it's just amazing to see how, you know, uh, fighters can be produced and, and you know, uh, all these techniques executed from various styles very quickly and efficiently. Right. So, like, I like I like to see I like both, man. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm more obviously I'm I, I love the UFC now. I, and mind you, I don't watch it all the time. I, uh, right. you know, it, it's an excuse to get out and drink some beer and wings. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, but uh, uh, when when some when 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 there's hype, uh, I'll watch it. Okay. So who are some names? And they don't have to be people you've actually. They can be people you've met and trained with. They can be people that you've just you know heard of, like an Ed Parker. But who are some names that you would put on your personal like Mount Rushmore of martial arts? Oh man. Um, okay. Okay. This is not in any particular order. Yep. But. Uh, my my teachers, uh, so Kwai Wong, Vic Arnold, um, they're they're my two of my main influences. Uh, Sam Lumpini, uh, he's a uh, he's my current he's my current main influencer right now. Like I I train uh, for the last let's say uh, ten years off and on maybe a year or two. I've been training at Sam Lumpini Gym, which is a uh, uh, an M is a it's a mixed martial art gym, but mm-hmm. it's got um, Krav Maga, uh, boxing, uh, Savat Muay Thai. Um, nice. and, uh, yeah, like he, it, it's a well-rounded gym and, uh, yeah. So Sam Lumpini, he's, he's, he's up there. And then, uh, so my teachers and then all my seminar instructors, you know, that, uh, that I've taken seminars with is too, too much, too long of a list to list out, but, right. uh, and, uh, what's it? Uh, yeah. And then, uh, Bruce Lee, I mean, uh, nice. I, yep. since I was a kid, Bruce Lee was, uh, a huge, um, uh, influencer and, you know, I have all his Jeet Kune Do books and, 
Um, One of the original cross to, trainers. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, people would say he, he was the original, the original uh, father of uh, UFC. You know, yep. I, I don't know if I'd stretch it that much, but uh, I mean, if you take a look at what he was doing, like he was he was fusing grappling and striking and savats and uh, fencing footwork and praying mantis like circular motions and all yep. these things, man. Like. <laughs> It's crazy. It was above his time. <laughs> definitely. Was above his time. Definitely. But yeah, Bruce Lee and then, uh, uh, what's it, uh, Eric Paulson. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you heard of Eric Paulson. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. There's this too many to list, man. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. Good list. All right. Is there, in all your years of martial arts, is there a philosophy you've learned that just rises to the top? It's really important to you. You keep coming back to it. Yes. Cross train. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a good yeah. one. <laughs> Yeah, cross train. I mean, and it, you know, cross train means different things for different people. But um, bottom line, I mean, if you take a look at the most effective fighters out there, and you know, one venue, like, I, you know, this is this is this is a hard sell for traditional traditional uh, instructors and stuff. And like, I, it's a very people get heated arguments, man, over stuff like this. Is the moment you mention combat sport, you know, traditional person would kind of. You know, you'd get banned, you'd get cut off, you, you know, you get, it, it, it's terrible. But the, the point is like a combat sport arena test is, a, is one of the best ways to test your martial art, you know, right. in, in, in my opinion, right? Uh, you know, that of course, I mean, a, apart from the fact that, you know, you got to get yourself into real fights, but, you know, I mean, but a combat sport, you know, tests your art pretty safely and, you know, you're under a lot of pressure too, right? I mean, it's different from a from a confrontation, but I mean, I would put my money on uh, uh, Conor McGregor versus, uh, um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I don't want to disrespect anybody, but uh, say a, a a a hardcore Okinawan karate master. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I, but, um, I get that. But but my philosophy would be to spend enough time, find a teacher, find a school, um, spend enough time there, you know, till you reach say a a a senior level mm -hmm. okay and and then start looking at biomechanical similarities with all the different martial arts and combat sports because at some you know when you put in enough time in in, in training you'll see that there's really nothing new that you can learn after a certain amount of time it's just the amount of it, what you do learn is different ways to deliver it and different ways to learn it it's a it's a matter of just options and nuances and flavors you know nice um yeah, because uh, like I, that's my philosophy, you know, and, and, and in order to understand that, you'd have to cross train and touch hands with different martial artists and different players. And like, you know, the biggest, biggest thing that I, that I want to, uh, you know, push out there is kind of like, kind of like a Bruce Lee thing, you know, like try not to get caught up in style because style is like a crystallization, you know, it's a, it's a very personal thing, you know, you, you got to look beyond style, you know, and look at movement you know and how you can use that move yeah okay that's a great answer i love it a lot of a lot of the same philosophies i have so i don't know if that makes sense but uh <laughs> makes perfect sense all right so i got a few fun questions to wrap it up do you have yeah. a favorite martial arts book do i have a favorite martial arts book yep Ooh. oh man um yeah so um i do <laughs> but but uh oh man it's hard to okay. So can I just say this? Like, yes. So lately, uh, martial art uh, martial art authors and stuff have been sending me their books uh, to review, 
and some of them have asked me to write forwards for their books and things. Oh, like, okay. uh, have you heard of Chris Wilder? Do you oh, know who Chris yeah, Wilder yeah. Is? he was a guest on my show. Yep, I know Chris. Oh, okay, yeah. So Chris, yep. Chris is a good friend of mine. Uh, Chris sent me one of his books, and I, I, I wrote, I wrote, uh, I believe a review and a, for, a forward for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, his his stuff is great. But uh, I don't know. It's hard to say a favorite book. Right. I have a. It's hard to say. There's so many, man. I have a book that I go to a lot uh, for learning my Shorin Ruse, which is The Essence of Okinawan Karate Do, written by Shosha Nagamini. Oh, nice. But that, that, that book is a good uh, reference manual for, uh, you know, traditional kata and forms in the Shorin Ruse syllabus. But uh, one, of, one of the books that I, uh, yeah, you know what, I'm going to say it. Uh, okay. okay, so I came back from Germany, and one of the instructors I met, I, I think I, we, we talked about this just earlier on, He's a Taekwondo instructor, but he also cross-trained in uh, Ashihara, the Ashihara system, a full-contact karate guy. He's a high-level judoka and cross-trained in all these different uh, arts and sports. And uh, he's also an avid writer and uh, such a knowledgeable man. He's in his 70s, and I got a chance to train with this guy, and this guy is a beast. Nice. Um, and at the, end, uh, at the end of the session, he surprised the heck out of me. He, uh, he got all of his students to sign. And he signed, and he gave me one of his books, man. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I think I have it here. Hold on. Let me okay. just reach over here. It's in one of my shelves. One, one sec, okay? No problem. Yeah, so um, it's uh, one of my favorites at the moment, and because it, it, resonate, it resonates with pretty much where I'm at at this moment in my training. So it's called Full Contact Karate Training by uh, Jürgen Haller. So he's, he's spelled uh, J-U-R-G-E-N. Jürgen Holler, H-O-E-L-L-E-R. Okay. And uh, also co- co-authored by uh, uh, last name uh, Ma- Malushka, M-A-L-U-S-C-H-K-A. Okay. Um, and it's available at, at Amazon, and uh, it's uh, such an amazing book. It, it teaches you, uh, what's it, quick and dirty applications. It gets into uh, biomechanical principles and physical conditioning, such a great book, man. Nice. <laughs> I will add that to my list. That's that's the whole yes. re- the whole reason I asked that question is so I can build up my own library even more. So. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, so l- let me ask you what what are what are some of your favorite books? <sighs> See, mine changes so often because like, I'm like, I mean, I, only bad thing is in the last couple years I, because I jumped into this podcast, I haven't had time to read. I used to read a book a week, and wow. yeah, and I haven't done that in a few years because I've just been so busy doing this because I produce like three different podcasts podcast plus my voiceover business and stuff but i mean my, one of my go-tos is is always tower Kondo. i love that book um yes yeah yeah I, I i love the um i'm trying to remember the name of the author but it's the killing art the true history of taekwondo um oh, that's a right, it, that's right. if anyone who's ever studied taekwondo that's a really good one and then um zen and the martial arts by joe hyams that's usually the one where if someone asks me for a recommendation for a book, that's the first one I usually recommend is Zen and the Martial Arts. I love that book so much. It's a it's a quick read. It's a small book, but it's it's phenomenal. And then if you like, you know, I also read I, I read a lot of biographies on martial artists and stuff. And I've read some really like yeah. B- Benny the Jets uh, biography by by Tom Bleeker is is such a good one. And Rick Avery's oh, biography. Benny. I love Benny man. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, um, Bishop Donnie Williams, his biography is so good. So yeah, I mean things like that, but yeah, definitely Zen and the martial arts is is usually my first pick. I'm writing that down. <laughs> Zen nice. in the martial arts, uh, written by who? Joe Hyams, H Y A M S. I actually can't believe you haven't heard of that one. Wow, 
that's uh that's no, it's, it's been around for a while it's it's uh yeah joe hyams was a, a kind of a mentor to tom bleaker who's who was okay. one of my early guests and he, he wrote the journey the kenpo books the journey he wrote those series yes. so tom bleaker's written you know you know some movies and stuff and tv shows and he he's, writes a lot of biographies and he wrote the book on bruce lee the couple different books on bruce lee the unsettled matters which is a great book yeah 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 so yeah, no, that's the, the, the Joe Hams one is usually my go-to, you know, for anyone who's interested at all in martial arts. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Tao of Jeet Kune Do, I've probably read that more than any other book. So, you know, it's amazing that Tao of Jeet Kune Do, like as you, as you get older and just as you train different things or as, you, or as your mind changes about certain things, like you, when you look at a book like that, it gives you, you get different meaning from it, you know? Yep, exactly. Like. Like when I, when I look at those sketches that he did and, and I'm looking at some of the stuff I'm doing right now and some of the things my, my instructors are doing or whatever, I'm just seeing, it's just, I'm obsessed with all these connections I'm making. Right. It's amazing. You know, like Bruce was a genius, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, he was. Yeah. Uh, yep. No, and I, that's, yeah. that's one guy I would have loved to have met and trained with, obviously before my time, but I, I've been lucky enough to interview, you know, three, four, five people who knew him, who met him, who trained with him. So I you know, got to hear some firsthand stories and stuff, and so which is really That's cool. That's cool, man. But yeah, he's just an amazing yeah. guy. All right, cool. Next question. So I, I don't know. You're you're close to my age. You're a little older, but I'm just wondering if you were ever a gamer. Do you have a favorite martial arts video game? <laughs> Not martial arts video game, no. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, I I I grew up. Uh, well, I was born in '68, so okay. I grew I grew I grew up uh, with the Atari 2600, Heck yeah. ColecoVision. Yep. Do, do, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, see, Atari 2600, I, I loved Pitfall and Asteroids, and ColecoVision, I loved Burger Time. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 okay, Asteroids, 100%. Yep. As, Asteroids is in the top of my list, and Galaga. Oh, yeah. And yep. uh, what's it? Um, I don't know if Galaga was a was an Atari 2600. Oh, yeah, it was. I what? had that one. Yep. Was it? Yep. Oh, okay. And I think my... Uh, one of my favorite ones on Atari was a game called Mega Mania. A lot of people don't remember that one, but oh, that was a fun game. Yeah, yeah. no, I love. Yeah, I we had it. these like eight track cartridges, I think, that yep. you would put into the system. It's so cheese, but oh, yeah. it was amazing. It was fun though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man. When when my when my mom when my mom first bought it for me, I remember distinctly. We were in the living room in our pajamas. <laughs> I didn't even brush my teeth. I was playing this <laughs> playing this thing for like hours, bro. I, like, <laughs> I remember the first time I, I actually I beat Asteroids. I can't remember how many straight hours I played it. And my mom got wow. so mad at me for sitting in front of the TV playing it for so long. And then I think it was like a, a month or two later, she, we, we got the game Miss Pac-Man. And, she, and we got her to play it. Yes, And I came, I, I came home one time and she had been playing Miss Pac-Man for like three and a half hours and her ha- hand was going numb. <laughs> We're like, <Yep>. Mom... <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it was so much fun. I like the good old days. It was. <laughs> I, I, I went it from was. that. I, yeah, I don't think there's. I don't remember any martial arts games on there that I had. I know when I got my Commodore sixty four after we had the Atari, probably in about like eighty six. That was when I had my first like martial arts karate game. I had a couple different ones. I know there was one. There was a game called Bruce Lee. It was probably a bootleg that wasn't actually you know certified by the Bruce Lee Foundation or anything like that. But I, I remember that's. Yeah. I, va- I vaguely remember that game called Bruce Lee and the Commodore sixty four. And I remember going on YouTube. YouTube and finding a clip of it and man i can't believe i enjoyed that because that's really ugly now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's all good that's all good yeah. all right how yeah. about a favorite martial arts tv show Ooh, favorite martial arts tv show oh um oh there's a few mm-hmm. um okay wait a second okay uh the, well this is this just it's just popped into my head okay but uh 
Have you heard of 21 Jump Street? I love 21 Jump Street, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if it was martial arts, but there was one guy, uh, I think his name was Dustin. Dustin Nguyen, yep. <laughs> yeah, he he, uh, he did a lot of martial arts on that. I've actually tried um, to get him on my show. I haven't got a response yet. <laughs> yeah, I always wanted wondered what happened to that guy. Yeah, he's, but, still, uh, he's still acting, so. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, yeah, so that came, came into mind, and then... Uh, Believe it or not, man, I I actually really like kung fu when uh, with okay. David Carradine. Okay. When, you know, I but but I had no clue about how Bruce got ripped off uh, on that part and stuff. Yep. But uh, yeah, when I found that out, I said, oh, that show is crap." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was the same but, uh, way. <laughs> you know, I I like that. And then, uh, oh man, uh, what else was there? Uh, TV show. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I think Chuck Norris did one, didn't he? Walker, Texas Ranger. Yes. Yep. Yes. I like I like watching that. It's a fun um, show. But uh, yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything else. But As if you if you mention some stuff, I I, oh, I, I I'd probably recognize. Eighties and nineties, there was a lot of good ones. I mean, in the there's a lot of them only lasted like one or two seasons. Like in the early eighties, there was the show The Master with Yes, uh, The yep, Master. Yes, yeah, with a, was it Lee Van Cleef? I think was in it. Yes, and, yep, that's right. Yeah, with a Timothy Van Patten, I think, and and yeah, they had the the ninja <laughs> traveling around. It was, I think yes, De- yes. De- Demi Moore was in the pilot episode of that, which was funny. Yes, um, and then there was uh, uh, Sidekicks with Ernie Ray's Junior. Sidekicks, yes, yes, yep. yes. That was another one that right. was like one season, I think. And then one 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 ones I really enjoyed in the early nineties, uh was another one season or maybe two season show, but it was called Street Justice. It uh starred okay. a, a martial artist named Brian Genesee. He was a high level in Hungar Kung Fu. And then it had Carl Weathers who played uh, Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies. Yes. It was it was a lot like it was like I call, I tell people it's like the adult version of sidekicks. So Carl Weathers was a cop and Brian Genesee was I think late teens early 20s and he, okay, he, he kind of I saw a few episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was kind of cool. And then there was actually in the early 90s there was the the, the sequel to Kung Fu, the Kung Fu the Legend Continues. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that very much. It wasn't I don't know. It wasn't as good, but like I said it was martial arts so I watched it. So, and then yeah. Highlander was another good one. Yep. Yep. Do you remember yeah. the trial of Billy Jack? Billy Jack? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's some yeah. good martial and, uh, arts. Some hot keto. Ki- ki- killer, killer be killed. Do yep. you remember those that series? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah oh, there's a lot, a lot of good shows stuff out there. Movies, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I and I'm one who I, I enjoy Cobra Kai. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, I like it too. I mean, it, it's really cheesy, but I, I like it just because of the nostalgia. You know. Exactly. Exactly. I, I I think correct. Like I don't know if you agree, but I think they did a really good job. Like blending all the the relationships you know with with everybody you know and tying it into like how all the relationships kind of parallel you know miyagi and and uh daniel you know oh completely no it's i I watch it with my daughter whenever i can't wait till september to watch the next season it's so good love it so much so yep all right so how about favorite martial arts movie oh yeah uh i Enter the Dragon, hands down, bro. Nice. Okay. Good. I mean, Enter the Dragon. Like, I, I, I'll just tell you a quick thing about that. Like, I, mm-hmm. Enter the Dragon for me was a game changer, bro. Okay. Um, I, I'll tell you why. It's real, real quick. Like, I, I, I love, I love it when I talk. I get goosebumps when I talk about this. Nice. Uh, I saw Enter the Dragon shortly after, shortly after he passed. Oh. Um, and so it, it, it came out in Toronto. I remember this distinctly. Like. With a double feature with Jackie Chan's uh, Big Brawl. Do you oh, remember wow. that movie? Yep. Yeah, Jackie Chan's Big Brawl. I mean, I think in 
in some places it was called Battle Creek Brawl, okay. but uh, it was Jackie Chan's Big Brawl and uh, and what's it? Um, Enter the Dragon. And so uh, and a, a big Big Brawl came out first, so it was a double feature. So I saw that first, and then I was thinking, yeah, this is pretty cool. He's a funny guy, He's all all kinds of cool moves and stuff. And I was like ten years old or eleven when I saw this, mm-hmm. and then um, then all of a sudden, you know, we had our intermission and stuff, and. I was kind of tired because I've never been to a double feature before. And as a kid, you know, I'm really bored and yep. sitting there and I just want to just get out and go home and stuff. And then uh, the curtains closed and it opened up and then, dun, 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 wah, right? And then, and then the Enter the Dragon thing came out and then uh, the, the, the opening scene where he's like, uh, you know, it's Laos time and he's teaching this kid and they're like, uh, uh, how, how he uh, just just amazing man like when he was fighting Sammo Hung in the beginning yep, and, yep. Um, and then the, the fight scene where he was doing all these like stop kicks and uh, Pak Sao back fist and uh, Pak Da techniques from Wing Chun uh, against Rob, uh, Bob uh, Wall whatever and yep. uh, I was going holy crap man <laughs> um, I, I, I went to the local martial arts store and I bought all four of his Jikondo books nice. and I started practicing stop kick stop hits and all this stuff and um i fell in love with a man since then man that's good and see, it it started to change the way i trained <laughs> see, and i've i've never seen that on the big screen because i was born in 74 and yeah. locally it's never they've never played it locally and I, i've tried to get some of my local theaters for like you know like the 30th anniversary 40th it's like you need to please 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 show this movie because i want to see it on the big screen i mean i own the dvd yeah. and i've seen it so many times but i want to see it on the big screen I just think that'd be so cool. <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it, it would be cool, bro. Can you imagine if they digitally remastered that thing and put it out in IMAX or something? Yeah. Oh, it would be but, awesome. Uh, but ch- check this. I mean, I, I, I'm really curious as to why they have not done some sort of like, uh, say, uh, after story from Into the Dragon. Can can you imagine, or like a sequel, a prequel to it? Like, can you imagine? Like, like, think about it. Into the Dragon was like a a kind of like a Chinese James Bond type of yep. action kind of movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, th- think about it. You you can have like uh, the right now in the modern age, you know, how the drug, uh, how Han, Han, uh, you know, um, had his drug world empire uh, proliferated into like, say, the, you know, tech crime or just just anyways just some gangster high level gangster crap you know right um and and then um then you have a uh say uh somebody somebody from bruce lee's lineage like say say for example let's just say one of his shaolin uh shaolin students and like you know how in the beginning you had like the opening scene where he's teaching one of his shaolin students or whatever mm-hmm. you remember that yeah oh yeah so let's just say you have like one of those disciples that kind of became a uh you know, an operative for that same organization. And you know what I mean? The story continues, but with one of his students, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and they like, they can, and with, with CG now and technology and, and all of that, they can easily make uh, an amazing epic movie. But I don't know why they, they haven't done that yet. I know at one point like, they were talking about remaking it and there was just so much uproar about remaking it. Cause it's so good. Just the way the original is. I'm, I'm hoping they don't do that. I really, I mean, a, a sequel could be interesting, you know, maybe have like, you know, Bruce Lee's great grandson or something like that, or who knows, but it'd be a, a sequel or yeah, a prequel could be really cool. I mean, it could be interesting, like a Han, the younger years or something, but <laughs> could be cool. Yeah. There's definitely a story yeah. there. So, 
or something something involving his sister in the movie you know yeah. like something like that like just they just take some aspect of enter the dragon and kind of blow it up uh, you know it, either before or after you know and i don't know why okay i don't know why they don't do that because uh that i think i think it would it would it would make it <laughs> it would cause a cause a big uproar man oh yeah well yeah. there we go let's let, let's write it <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. We'll do it. Do it. <laughs> oh, I, I just thought of one more TV show. I'm, I'm assuming you saw Kingdom, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great I, show, man. Oh, yeah. Loved yeah. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get Frank Grillo on the show. I'm fingers crossed. He'd be no old. way. I'm I'm trying. I'm 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 really 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 hoping. So <laughs> we'll, wow. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But that'd be it'd be a lot of fun to chat with him. I, I put the request. Man, out you got there. connections, man. Well, I haven't got them yet. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've I've had some good names. You know, I just did Simon Ree a couple days ago. Yeah, you so, were saying. Yeah, so if you if you like best of the best, I mean that's you know I a, did another great I did classic movie. So <laughs> let me let me ask you: Is Philip and Simon brothers? Yep, yeah, they're brothers in real life. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. And Philip actually wrote Best of the Best. So. Oh wow. Yeah, which I had forgot about. Simon kind of told that story and stuff, and I, I might be having Philip on the show too. So. So yeah, it'd be it'd be yeah. Yeah, I uh, I I really like what they've done with their martial art practice, man. They they've 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 really like kept it pretty uh, holistic, you know. Yes. Striking, grappling, weapons, all that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think everyone's kind of at least the, the smart ones are kind of going that way and 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 blending in other stuff and kind of the kind of the thing to do and you, you almost need to nowadays. So. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Nice, nice. Cool. Well, anything else you want to mention before I let you go? I, I've definitely taken a, a lot of your time, but it's been so much fun. I've, I've loved talking to you. Great story. And I'm, I, I hope I get to train you through someday, man. It'd be a lot of fun to, if you, if you ever do a oh, seminar yeah. in Minnesota, you got to let me know. I'll come to it. <laughs> oh, you're, you're based in Minnesota? Yes, correct. Oh, okay. Um, actually, um, I don't want to do a spoiler trailer here, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to get a Minnesota gig in 2023. So next year. Okay. Yeah, cool. so there's there's a group of instructors that uh, I I don't want to I don't want to spoil it yet because yep. I want to make sure that I can do it. But okay. uh, yeah, so hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be in Minnesota next year. So nice. I'll I'll let you know. Oh, I'll for sure, you know. for sure. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm assuming probably in Minneapolis is where you're looking at, and that's about a three and a half hour drive for me. So that's definitely doable. I don't know. I'm not sure where their city is. Okay. Um, okay. I'd have to check. Cool. We can um, we can we can chat a little when we're done recording here because I, I might I might actually know them. Who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah, we will do that. I'll, cool, I'll bring cool. up the the info here and, and check it out. For awesome. You. Well, once again, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, and and I will be in touch when the episode's ready. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist. We hope you will join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.